Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. So let's open up in a word of prayer. Father God, we love you today. God, we pray that you would just uh, open our hearts and our minds to your word today. God, that you would speak clearly and concise, God, to our hearts today. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to respond is the best way I've ever heard it said. And so, God, that you would just um, calm our spirit today if it needs to be calmed, resurrected if it's dead. And, God, today that we do more than just hear, but we experience your presence in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said amen. 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 Today I want to talk with you about change. That's something that everybody loves to talk about, right? Yeah. (laughs) Come on. It's life, right? I mean, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. All right. Um, Yeah. I think what Tito meant to say is you look good the way you are today. I think that's what he, you know, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But, you know, isn't it funny that sometimes what we say is not what other people hear? Right. Yeah. So uh, my, you know, kids are very blunt. And, and they mean what they say. And so uh, our two-year-old granddaughter and the nine-month-old, they live here. And uh, she, two-year-old was up in my lap the other day, and she rubbed my head for some odd reason. And she goes, you have no hair. <laughs> okay. Now, I heard exactly what she said, and what she said was exactly what she meant, right? So, so what he's saying is you're, you look healthy. You look healthy, man. So, yeah. Um, you know, things that that we have all heard or said about change is that change is inevitable. Inevitable. What does that word mean, inevitable? Anybody? What does it mean? It's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. Okay, couples that come to me and say, we've been married 12 years and we've never had a fight are liars. (laughs) Or they don't understand what fights are. What a fight looks like, okay? Now, I'm not talking about blood and everything, all right? Because uh, my wife always beat me up, man, because she's, she, <laughs> yeah, yeah she'll, she's got stories. I'm glad she can't tell them all. And so uh, it's an advantage that I have. Uh, change is going to happen whether you want to or not, okay? Um, in other words, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. All right. I like change when it's change that I want, when it's change I need, when it's when it's uh, the dollar kind of change, not the change change. Right. Okay. when it's but it's when it comes unexpectedly change, change that blindsides us, change that we're not looking for, change that we don't want. Okay, Um, It's hard enough for a doctor to give you the C word, to tell you you have cancer, but then when he doesn't give you any alternatives that sound good, okay, here's A, B, or C, and you go, is there a D, right? I mean, is there, is there something else? But if you and I live long enough, we'll all experience change on many different levels over and over and over again. What's funny to me is the two-year-old cries because she wants to be changed because she's in an uncomfortable situation. Anybody understand? The diaper is full and she wants it gone. But what's funny to me is that she gets angry when you try to change her. I mean, she fights you. 
And if a diaper's loaded and she's kicking, it's a dangerous scene. Anybody? Okay, if you get, yeah, all the people, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why are you fighting me? I am trying to help you. I'm trying to get rid of what's uncomfortable to make you comfortable again. And yet the Holy Spirit says, why do you do that to me all the time? My wife says that to me. Oh, why do you fight me all the time? So when we finally admit that we cannot control change, but that we can control how the change affects us, then that's really when you and I begin to live with change. So that's really the question. It's not whether we like change or not. Nothing drives me more crazy. Okay, I've already... already, uh, um, confessed probably more than you need to know in my life. Uh, back in Henderson, Thursday was Walmart day. It just was. If Jesus came between while we were having lunch and going to Walmart, he's going to have to wait because we do that. Okay. It's okay. He thought it was funny. The, the reality of that's the routine. That's what we did every day. And I don't know if you like Walmart or not, if you're anti-Walmart, whatever, wherever you go, The thing that gripes me more than anything is once you get the schedule and the routine where everything is in the store, because we start at the back with the the tea, Milo's, and then you got to get the diet due, and then you you work your way around. You know what aisles to go down so you don't waste time going down aisles you don't have anything on. And what do they do? They change it on you. So you go to Milo's, thank God it's where it's supposed to be, but then they change everything else. And all you hear are a bunch of old people complaining about why they've changed everything. I can't find anything. And what's worse is that the employees have no idea where anything is either. (laughs) And they're complaining equally as loud. But from a marketing standpoint, it's a smart thing to do. Why do you think they put all the little junk stuff at the register? All the little drinks, all the Cokes, all the snacks, because we're impulsive by nature. And we're sitting there and we're thinking, you know, if I'm going to have to wait 20 minutes to check out, I'm hungry. If I had a little snack and and then you hear the lights and the sounds from heaven just shine down on that little candy rack right there by the register. Come on, man. It is calling you. And then you think, man, if I had a whatever you drink. And you know what? All of a sudden, that's all you see right there in front of you. And you start looking. I don't know, man. Anybody carry money anymore? (laughs) I mean, you know, the card. But why do they do it? From a marketing standpoint, it's smart. Why? Because they're making you hunt. And because we are compulsive by nature, as we hunt, we what? We buy things we don't need. We do things out of the ordinary, okay? Times when I would not go get a snack, now I have to have it or I'm going to die. Right? We have to have it all of a sudden, okay, change. I think the key question for us today is this. How do we learn to live with change? Because it's going to happen. All of you have that nice hair. I hope you get to keep it. (laughs) But if you don't, I'll tell you, this is way easier. Okay? It is just way easier. Right? For those of you who are tall enough to reach stuff without a ladder, I hope you keep it. (laughs) Hope you keep it. That's great. 
okay? Health, I mean, in a moment, it can turn on you. I had a friend that is younger than I am had a heart attack a couple weeks ago. He's younger than me. He's healthier than me. I mean, he, he runs, he works out, he eats right. I do none of that. If you see me running, you better take off with me because something's after me. I am not going to run. I am not a runner of the devil. But I'm, I'm just, that's opinion. That's not really. The reality is, is he had a heart attack. And I'm thinking, man, you know, I don't know. When I hear stuff like that, I start breathing hard. <gasps> you know, I start checking my pulse and stuff. Because I'm thinking, man, am I, is death around the corner for me? All my friends are just like having heart attacks. He had three, he had to have a triple stents. Two of his uh, uh, arteries were 100% blocked. 100%. And you know what the doctor said? It was genetic. He's been living with this a long time. We don't know what's happening inside. Now, that doesn't give us excuse or reason not to do right, okay? Not to eat right or not to exercise, not to be better, all right? Because you can. Okay? It's not licensed. To, hey, let's just, you know, smoke and drink and do whatever because it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. I want to live as long as I can. Now that I'm a grandfather and I have reached a level of uh, that level, right? I mean, it's worth living now. When my kids were younger, well, you know, but now, I mean, I have, I've attained and I, I want to live because I want to see them grow up. I want to see them live. I want to, I want to see what God's going to do in them and through them. And that's exciting. So how do we learn to live with change? And I believe scripture shows us very plain some things that we can do. Honestly, answer this question for me. How many of you are the same person today that you were a year ago. You don't have to raise your hand. Don't poke the person next to you. Or if you've gained weight like some of you have been told you have. Um, it looks good on you. Life shift. How many of you are the same person today as you were last year. When you looked in the mirror this morning, did you see the same person you saw last year? I never realized I had a second chin until I turned sideways. I thought somebody else was in the bathroom with me. <laughs> Who is that guy? I look slim this way. I look just like I have always looked. Come on, right? perspective is everything and it changes the perspective of our two-year-old granddaughter is totally different than the five-year-old grandson totally different now when she becomes five and she's smarter than every you know 12th grader then then you know that perspective will change as well you might be heavier, you might be lighter, your hairstyle's different. Maybe you have a change in work, a change in family, a change in job. What happens to businesses or what happens to relationship if they refuse to shift with the changing climate? What happens to relationships and businesses if they refuse to change with thoughts, tastes, or culture? Now hear me before you, you take a left on me. I'm not talking about changing core values I'm not talking about changing the standard. That's the problem where we are today. We keep changing the standard, and that's why we're so confused. We don't know what's right anymore. Come on, we've been told all my life that there's going to come a day when what they used to say was right is now wrong, and what was wrong is now right, and there's confusion in all of that. Scripture says that. 
It's in the Old Testament. That's way back then. And it's coming true today. All of a sudden, the older we get, the more that we are challenged with, this is the way I've always thought it was to be. And then as we get older, we wonder, is that really true? Is that really? Because we have a crisis of faith because you and I have lived as children. We live off our parents' faith. We hear what our parents hear. We like what our parents like. We think like our parents think. And then all of a sudden we come of, a, of an age and all of a sudden we got to start thinking and wondering ourselves. Is this right? And it's not, is it right for me? Is it right because the word says so? Or do I even trust the word? Crisis of faith. Because change happens to everybody. Drastic change, little change, but it's still all change. Change not only challenges our comfort level or conveniences, but it also challenges our beliefs. Are you comfortable when somebody comes up and go, really, did Jesus say that? You want a Holy Spirit slap them and say, yes, he did. Because you don't want to have to look it up yourself. If you can't tell them where it is in the word, do you really believe it? The word has got to be the word. It's got to be the concrete. It's got to be the standard or you and I are messed up. Come on, we watch things today that we would have never watched when we were kids. But things shift. Y'all remember happy days? The Fonz, eh. Come on, any old people here? <laughs> Thank you. Y'all make me feel better now. Yeah, happy days came out. I was in, I was in, I may have been junior high, man. I was way back. Yeah, black and white television. And uh, rabbit ears with the, the aluminum full. And um, it was 19 inch though. And um, we're watching happy days. It was coming out. And that's all the kids talked about at school. This new TV show that's coming out, new TV show that's coming out. And then they had a questionable scene where the Fonz was showing the boys how to uh, disrobe a young lady and get to a certain base. And my dad went crazy. I've never seen him that angry. Turn that garbage off. He turned it off and I thought, man, I'm going to go to school tomorrow. Everybody's going to be talking about happy days and I'm not going to be able to have a conversation with him because I didn't get to see it. And you know, I revolted in my head because I never did it out loud because it, it never ended well. He was angry that they would have that garbage on TV. And he said, that's not godly at all. What are, they, what are we allowing in our house? So I go to school the next day. It happened just like I imagined it. Everybody's talking about it, about how funny it was, and they're telling their jokes. And I can't in, in, include myself because I have no idea what they're talking about. Fast forward, not even a year later, they're starting to rerun the shows. And all of a sudden, we watched that show, the one that he turned it off a year earlier, and we watched it as a family together. We weren't shocked by it anymore because we had allowed other things that just kind of kept inching toward that. And now we watched it and we weren't offended the next year. And we watched the programs. And even, even if it got racy and stuff, as long as it, it didn't get too racy, is it? we change. And that, that kind of changes our fault because we allow garbage into the house and 
I think the Bible says something about giving Satan a foothold, but that's not where I'm going today. Some things that we would die for when we were younger may change when we're more mature as we get older. That's why today you have to know what you believe and what's important. Because what you allow today is that slippery slope to what we'll allow even more tomorrow. And if we're not careful, our kids are just born into all of this stuff and they didn't know. And then try to bring in the reins once your kids have free run. Come on, man. Youth ministry for, well, actual youth pastors for 10 and a half years, but then did youth ministry and lead pastor at the same time, man. And it was, it was always, man. We can't stop changing our lives, but we can learn to navigate it. And that's where I want to land today. You and I can learn to navigate it. God doesn't take everything away from us or out of our reach because he wants to teach us to say no to things. He wants to teach us to know that some things are not really bad, but they're not necessarily good. And just because it's, it's not bad doesn't mean that we need to do it anyway right? So we need to decide what is right for us and what is not right. How do I want to raise my family? How do I want my kids to know? What do I want my kids to know? Man, I wanted our kids to experience the fullness of God. That's why I think I love this church. That's why I connect with Pastor BJ so much. It's because he wants the power and presence of God to be so relevant in our lives today. He wants our kids to experience it. He wants our adults to experience it. He wants, he wants people when they walk in, they know that there's something different in the house. Okay? And man, I'm telling you, you don't get this everywhere. I mean, we went into a, a church of 150 last week, and it was all, and they were friendly and they were lovely, but there was no power of God there. The scripture was great. The word of God that was given that day was good, but there was no presence of God. The music was awesome. There was no presence of God. Man, I'd, ha I'd rather have the presence of God any day because it's the presence of God that comes in and changes us, right? So look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to read verses uh, 1 through 13. There's, there's several things that I want to share with you this morning. Number one, change is built into life. Change is built into nature. It is going to happen. How many of you know it's already happened in our weather? Everybody's worried about climate control. Dude, just get another jacket, right? I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Climate control. Now, I'm not saying we, you know, don't need to do our part in emissions, em emissions, emissions, pollution. Okay. We, I, I'm not saying we don't have to do our part, right? But, but come on, man. I mean, we've been destroying this planet for a long time, <laughs> right? Okay. That didn't go over. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the writer says, there's a time for everything, okay? A time for what? Like Mondays through Thursdays? No, for everything. Everything that happens, there's a season, season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal. What is wrong with this guy? Time to tear down, a time to build, time to weep, time to laugh. Time to mourn, time to dance, scatter stones, gather stones, embrace, refrain, search, uh, a time to give up. Wow. To keep, to throw away. <laughs> so you hoarders, it's in here. Verse seven, time to tear, time to mend, to be silent and time to speak. 
time to a time. There's a time when we just need to be quiet and let God do what God does. And there's a time when we need to speak and be loud about it. Right? A time to love, a time to hate. What? A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and to do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. That is the gift of God. Can I tell you, God just wants you to be happy today but he's, not concern, he's concerned less about your happiness and more about your soul. He's concerned about, less concerned about your happiness and more about what he can do in you and through you for somebody else. The changing seasons. It says it right here, right? Everything under the sun. There's winter, summer, fall, spring. It's going to happen. Man, we moved up here and we didn't have a fall. Just, a, you know, the 30 degrees. What? In West Tennessee, there's a 40 degree sweep this time of year. It'll be 30 degrees and then it'll be 72. And we wonder why we're sick all the time, right? Right? Wonder why we're all hacking. There's changes in lifespan. Time to be born, time to die, plant, uproot, kill, heal, tear down, build. There's changes in our emotions to weep, to laugh, to mourn, to dance, to embrace, to refrain, to search, to give up, to keep, to throw away, to tear, to mend. A change in our skill sets. Time of war, time of peace, tear down to build, to scatter stones, to gather stones. I don't know why you'd even do that. The emotions, the way we think, the way we act. And he said he's made everything beautiful in its time. Everything beautiful in its time. Can I just be honest with you? That means even from our car accident 18 years ago, he still wants to make something beautiful in its time. See, my word is completion. <laughs> okay, To have it all fixed, let's get back to life. Let's get back to living. And God says, you can live now. You don't have to wait till she talks. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> okay? It, it bothers my convenience. But God says, I'm doing a beautiful thing. I have been doing a beautiful thing. It's you're not seeing it. Or you don't want to see it. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I just don't want it. But it doesn't change the fact that God's not doing it. Right? Come on, God's still doing it. Change is built into life. It's built into nature. It, it is happening all the time. Um, my daughter Haley and her, her husband Aubrey... Have a little um, what is what is Sadie um, a dorky? She's a dorky, uh, a dachshund body and a Yorkie head. She's a dorky. How to be labeled like that, right? 
and she is needy. And she is like, I mean, you can't leave the room. She panics. I've never seen a dog that had to be medicated. <laughs> this, this dog is like, holy cow. <laughs> Man. And uh, so they want a bigger dog. And they want one they can train. And, you know, my son-in-law works all night like seven to seven, stuff like that. And, and so he wants a bigger dog, I guess, of Smith & Wesson and good enough. And um, she, uh, so they got a, a German Shepherd. And they always said you can tell by the size of the nose and the size of the paws how big that dog is going to be. And so I hadn't even seen this dog in about, what, three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. It's been, it's been a while. Because Sadie comes over here once in a while. We babysit the fur grandbaby this, this week. And, um, but uh, the other dog goes to my niece's house because she boards dogs and trains them and stuff. And so she is training this dog. When she brought the dog by the house yesterday, where'd that puppy go? This dog is as long as these, these two and a half chairs now. I'm just talking body. I'm not talking head to tail. He's huge. He comes in and he's still all puppy. Anybody understand what I'm saying? So when he comes in like a galloping horse, man, ah, and then you're, you're on the floor because, I mean, he wants to play and his nose is like this long, which means his tongue is that long. And it's like, and I'm, I'm amazed at how much. And I said, that, that's not the same dog. That's not the same puppy that was here last week that was just barely as big as Sadie was. And now she's four times as big as Sadie. You know, she wants to play with Sadie and she puts her paw on her head. Just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it bothers me too. It's amazing how quick sometimes change takes place. And how slow sometimes it takes, but you and I have to learn to navigate it. Um, we always talked about the process in our church in Henderson, and and um, some of my people hate that word. But what's funny is the ones that are still talking about it today because they're understanding process more and more. Without the process, you and I will never get there. Okay, we we argue this all the time because Susan tries to take shortcuts. That's why we buy box dinners. We love Hamburger Helper. I don't care whether you like it or not, but it rocks. Why? Because it's simple. Okay? If you can read and you will follow the instructions, you'll have a meal. And Susan go, no, I don't want to put two-thirds. Well, if you don't put two-thirds, because it said two-thirds, that's the way they made that box. That's the way they made that meal. It's two-thirds. It's not... Two and a quarter is two thirds. It's, it's that mark right there, or it will not come out right. And then when it doesn't come out right, she's shocked. And you, you know, it's supposed to be thick, and you go, and it pours out. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going, what? You didn't do two thirds. Oh, she did two cups. Oh, yeah, two thirds. Two cups. Two cups. Come on, do you understand? And it's not just her. We'll bake a cake. It says to cook it for a specific amount of time. Now, the reality is you can take it out any time, and it's still that cake, right? It's still the cake, but it's a difference of whether you want to drink it or eat it, <laughs> right? That you want to use it with a spoon because you've got to scoop it because it's liquefied, or you wait too long, 
And then it's that sawing thing, right? And teeth problems, right? Things that are created for a specific thing in a specific time in a specific way have to be seen to that or they're not right. And God says in the word, everything is beautiful. What? In its time. The hard part is you don't get instructions to say when the time is up. We know when dinner's ready at our house. It's when the smoke detector goes off. I love that joke, man. It's not all the time. But we do have rags hanging around when y'all ever come to our house. It's to fan the thing because I can't reach them. Nobody. Look at John chapter 13. I got to move on. Change moves us towards certain directions. I don't like change, but sometimes change is good because I won't move until something happens. I got into a job as a young guy, and I liked the job. It was, it was good. It was good pay. It was a lot of extra benefits. And I would have never moved or thought about there was something else that I could or even wanted to do more until they got rid of that job. I mean, they just said, you know what? We're not doing this anymore and just closed it down and left us out. And all of a sudden I was forced to move and I'm going, God, what happened? You gave me this job. You set me up in this. And he goes, yeah, but that's not where I wanted. That was for a moment. I want you to move and you don't want to move. I've already told you twice and you're not looking for anything else. So you know what he did? He got rid of the job and I had to look for something else. And I did. I found something else. And God said, no, nah, that's not what I got for you. And I said, but that's pretty good. And he said, but that's not what I got for you. Are you going to follow me or what? Are you going to listen or what? I'd have never done it. I would have never followed. I never listened to until that. And so I said, okay, I won't take that job. <laughs> but I better get one soon because my dad's starting to like fidget. And all of a sudden, God opened a door in an area I never even thought about. I don't want to say who wants to be in sales. But that became a great job, and it became a, an avenue for me to go into ministry. And I would have never looked, I would have never seen it then, but now I can look back today, right? So change makes us move towards certain directions. Look at John chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 31. Uh, Jesus is, is eating the Last Supper. He's uh, washed the feet. He predicts his betrayal. And in verse 31, he says, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, I am going, you cannot come. <laughs> Man, I mean... Why do people say Jesus just doesn't ever, Jesus doesn't talk straight? <laughs> Anybody not understand that? I mean, he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I wonder what Jesus wants us to do. Oh, man. Verse 36, Peter says, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. 
Come on, man. There's the hope. There's the, okay, man, I, I'm leaving for a spell, man, but, but you'll follow me. He said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And he says, will you really lay down your life for me? i tell you the truth. Before the rooster, rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Jesus told the disciples that he was leaving them, but that it was for his, their own good and his. I don't know about you, man, but as a kid, it was always hard for me to get that my parents would say no to me when I wanted them to say or needed them to say yes. Or wanted them. It was probably more want than need, right? The reality is, is they've been with Jesus for three years and they were learning, they were becoming. And all of a sudden Jesus, okay, I'm done. So I'm leaving you, but I'm going to bring, I'm going to send somebody to be with you all the time. Okay. And then what he said, and he said, it's good that I go because if I don't go, I don't send the Holy Spirit and you won't be empowered. But they couldn't see it. There comes a time in all of our lives where we just have to trust. That's why I tried to get my son to understand. He goes, I, I, I just need you to trust me. I, either I can't explain it good enough for you because you're not mature enough to understand, or you're mature enough and I just can't explain it right. I, I can't explain it where you can understand. You know what? I just need you to trust me. Just know. Okay, right? Just trust me. And there are times I believe God does that for you and me. Maybe we're not in a mature place in our lives where we can understand it. No matter how good he explains it, you and I won't get it. And then maybe the other side of that is true. It's not that we won't get it. He's trying to teach us to just trust him. Do you trust me? Will you just say yes and just keep walking? Yes. Nothing freaks me out more than somebody to blindfold me and then I have to trust them. We used to do that in youth ministry, okay? You, you don't know what it feels like to be disabled until you are. One Wednesday night, I tied up a kid's hand behind his back, his right hand, his dominant hand, and he had to do everything that night left-handed. He spilt everything, but he got to clean it up with his left hand. I tied a leg up on one kid and gave him crutches. Put a kid in a wheelchair. They broke it. They ran into everything. I put a, a, a mask on a kid and we would lead them around and I put one kid in responsible. Your job is to make sure they don't hurt themselves or run into anything. That kid got so beat up because the person that was leading them kept getting distracted. They were walking and the kid just walked off and left them and you got this blind kid walking into stuff. Know, who, know who's leading you, right? Fire that person if they're not helping you. Change is usually moving us from a comfort zone, but it usually brings us great dividends. As long as we're following him, no matter what's happening, we're better off. may not feel like it at the time. It may not look like it at the time, but I'm telling you, as long as he is leading you, you're always better off. Change is both exciting and very scary at the same time. Jesus had been training them for three years, and now it was time for them to do it by themselves. And he said, but I'm not leaving you by yourself. I'm sending the Holy Spirit, sending the Comforter. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. Matthew 28, he tells them to go and duplicate themselves. Make disciples. In other words, teach them what I have taught you. Do, teach them to do what you are doing. You know, maybe that's what's scary for me anyway, was that I have to duplicate myself. I don't know that I want to do that because I don't always do it right. Oh, and do it. I'm selfish, 
right? Or, or man, to have a lot of little ricks running around, that's a scary thing because that puts a lot of responsibility on me to live right and to do right. And yet Jesus has called you and me to make disciples. We're not making miniature us. We're making him. It's him. It's following him. Some say that change defines you. Well, change may offer you multiple directions, but it can't make you choose. I want you to hear that. Change cannot make you choose. It gives you offerings. Hey, you can go left. You can go right. We went to uh, North Carolina. My GPS says take a detour. I don't want to take a detour because I know where I'm going. And it says no. And you know what? It made me take a detour. They built a new road going from here to North Carolina. In one lane with 50 billion people trying to go on that one lane to North Carolina. I'm working out a few things still with driving issues. Change may offer multiple directions or opportunities, but it cannot make you choose. Change can't make you negative or positive. And for you smart Alex, you can't be positively negative. I'm positive I'm negative. The Holy Spirit slap you. You cannot be positive and negative at the same time. Oil and water cannot come out of the same vessel at the same time. You have to choose which one you will embrace. Listen, it's not easy. But that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to choose correctly. And to see it through. That's why. Because I don't always want to make the right decision. I want to make the comfortable decision. Or the profitable for me decision. And yet God's saying, this time it's not about you, it's about them. And I put you there to help them, not to necessarily help you. But the great thing about God is when you're obedient and you help them, you always help you. <laughs> you always receive a blessing. We try to be so coy, man. This guy tried to give me something one day, and I just said, no, man, I don't, I don't need you to do that. Man, we're, you know, we're okay. I mean, we're good. You know, we ate this week, and we're good. And he goes, dude, don't take my blessing. And he said, God told me to give you this. You take it because I'm trying to get something out of it. And I'm going, I don't know if that's the right attitude. And, and then the reality, the Holy Spirit says, I'm not sure you've got the right attitude. <laughs> okay. And he said, just take what I told him to give you because I'm trying to do something in him. I'm trying to bless you and bless him. I'm trying to work something out in y'all. Would you just do it? Do you think, does God talk to you that way? That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. So change. Change is built into life. It's built into nature. Change moves us towards certain directions. And we'll close with this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Change can make us new. Aren't you glad? Change can give us a second chance. Anybody need a second chance? Third? Fourth? Fifth? Come on, right? Right? Some of us who just, man, it's just like, can't we do it right? Yes, we can. Change gives us a second chance. It makes us new. Definition of change is arrive at a fresh phase. Anybody need a fresh phase? 
Man, I'm going to tell you, man, I love having my granddaughters over. We got to play hide and seek. We swing. The two-year-old is a bottomless pit. I hung you. I hung you. I said, you're what? I hung you. I said, oh. so what do you feed them? You know, I got a little healthy snacks. That's good. How about some Oreos? That's awesome. Uh, she just, she will eat everything. So what do I do? I do what every grandpa does. I send her next door to Nana's house because she's got grapes and healthy food. I want her to stay out of my cookies. I mean, I mean, I'll share them. So she's got the healthy stuff, man. She does all the fruits and stuff, man. We got all the sugar stuff on my side. My, my kids love me. Arise at a fresh age. I can't, when they leave, we have to take a nap. I'm just exhausted. Woo, that's why young people have babies. And old people just give them back. Sugar them up and give them back. Because all those times, Joseph and Kaylee, yeah, your parents just give them back. It's a payback. It's awesome. Definition of change is to become new. It's to move from one to another. Move from one to another change we got married my dad put his arm around me and he said i need to talk to you and i thought oh here it goes i just want you to know man when you say i do tomorrow you can never come back i said come back he said to the house you're out give me your key i said wait what he said no he said, you're going to have great times and you're going to have horrible times. And he said, here's the deal. You and her got to work it out because y'all said I do. Y'all got to work it out. Now, I'm not saying you can't call. I'm not saying if you need money, you can't call because I may or may not give it to you. I'm not saying that we won't give you help. I'm just saying you can't come running home just because she made you mad. Y'all got to work it out. You cannot come home for that reason. You got to work it out change the change and i'm going oh darling want to get married i mean that's just whoo you know at that moment i got room and board you know i cut the yard and I'm good to go we weigh it weigh it out don't we i came out with the best end of it by the way yeah okay <clears throat> i wrote that in here <laughs> to change is to give up one thing in exchange for another. I gave up a, a great lifestyle to have a better one most of the time. Right? Because I'm going to tell you, we fight. So we ain't liars. <laughs> okay, little TMI. In other words, you can't be negative and positive at the same time. That just keeps coming up in my notes. I don't know if that's for me or if that's for somebody else in here. People that are ugly to somebody and then say, oh, I blessed them out. <coughs> Doesn't make sense at all. If you love them and you correct them, that's one thing. But if you're being hateful and evil, that, that can't be God in any of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Yep. The old is gone, the new has come. You are just all of a sudden perfect. You just took the shower and you're clean and you'll never get dirty again. No. No. 
NLT says it this way. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. In other words, the old habits, the old me, the way I used to think, the way I used to act is gone. Now I've got a new me. Can I tell you the old man never completely dies? He's always right there to change you back. And there's where the choice comes in. I got to choose, tell him to get off of my back because I'm not the old guy anymore. I'm a new guy. I, I don't want to fight. I mean, we used to have to have family meetings all the time because I don't want to grow up in a yelling household. We didn't yell. We wrestled a lot, but we didn't yell at each other. We didn't fight. Susan's family on the other side was the whole other end of the extreme. Uh, the extreme. We had... We had been married just a short time, and we're on the way home. And on the way home, we, we, they were in West Memphis. We were in Memphis. And you, so about a 40-minute drive, 30-minute drive. You, you're crossing the bridge, and, and, and we're just talking. So what are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know. Why are you yelling at me? I don't know because I've been doing it for the last hour and a half. That's the way they talked to each other. They were ugly, they were mean, and we were just screaming at each other and had no idea why. It's because the environment we had been in, we allowed it to get into us. And we just stopped. We had family meet, we'd have family meetings and we'd start yelling at each other. And I said, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be this household. Everybody go to your room. And I realized I'm by myself. I thought, well, I guess I'll sit down for a minute. And then we call, we call them everybody back in. Now, we're going to discuss this. Everybody's got a voice. The kids were teenagers then. Everybody's got a voice. We're talking it over. And then when it started escalating again, time out again. And we'll do this all night if we have to, because we're not going to be a yelling household. We're going to be at peace. Or we're going to be unified. Unified doesn't mean I get my way, by the way. <laughs> okay, Unity doesn't mean that, that everybody's happy. Somebody's not going to get what they want, but somebody's going to have to give because it's, it's the unity is greater than my, what I want. Okay? That's not even written down. Because the reality is, and that's what Jesus did. He didn't get his way. He, did you see what he had to do for you? He didn't get his way. He made a comment, I really don't want to do this. Do you blame him? The human side of Jesus said, I don't want to go through this. He said, but not my will, Father, yours. It's not about what I want. It's about what I need to do for you. I love the way the Amplified says it. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is grafted in, joined in him by faith in him as Savior. In other words, if you made Jesus as Savior, you've got to change just by default. Because all of a sudden, you're not the Lord of your life. He is. And when you change that, you've got to change. He is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral, spiritual condition, the previous lifestyle has passed away. Behold, new things have come because the spiritual awakening brings new life. I didn't know that there was another way to live. Can I just be honest with you today? If your life is great and everything is going your way and it's just perfect uh, and you don't need Jesus, don't change a thing. Man, you just, you just keep doing you. But if we were really honest with ourselves, man, there's a lot in our lives I love. There's a lot in my life that I don't like. 
And then I realize I need Him. See, there's nothing good in me. Everything I do is, is, not, is not good. Most of it's out of selfishness. It's out, out of ambition. It's out of uh, irresponsibility. It's out of responsibility. I don't know. But what good that comes from me is just straight from the throne. It's just the goodness of God. And he's just saying, Holy Spirit said, I am trying to change you. I'm trying to help you out here. Quit fighting me on everything. And just be obedient. Some of the greatest acts of being a parent is when you come home and your son has already taken the garbage out without even being told. And you know what? It happened once. It didn't happen again. But can I tell you that one time was enough for me. That showed me it's possible. It's possible. And you laugh and you do that to God all the time. Change is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's how do, we, how do we accept the change? How can, you, you can't control it. It's like herding cats. You, you can't make it do what you want it to do. But you can grab a hold of it and go with it. Change your attitude. Change your perspective. God, maybe this is. Maybe this is the way. Change in our family. It's Susan's fault. It's our kids' fault. It's, it's everybody else's fault. But do you know change always starts with you? you if your family's not what it wants, you want it to be, it's got to start with you. It's got to start with you. They need a husband, a priest in the house. If there's not a husband or a priest in the house, then the woman has to step up. Somebody's got to take responsibility. And then they got, there's got to be a team. There's got to be unity. There's, you know, look, teenagers can't get away with, well, I don't have to. Yes, you do. Because you were responsible for you. Do you know that you as a teenager are the only ones that can save your friends? It's not my responsibility. Because I don't see them. I'll never meet them. It's your responsibility. Yeah, you look at me. It's your responsibility. You know, the people you work with, they're not my responsibility. Because I don't work with them. I will never meet them. Most likely, they're your responsibility. That's your mission field. That's what pastor's preaching almost every week. It's up to us. It's, it's not up to, to pastor and Rincom to, to check on everybody all the time because they didn't see you here. I mean, they're going to do it. You know they are. But I'm going to tell you, it wears you out because all of a sudden you think, oh, did, did I see Joseph there today? I don't remember. Did I see? Oh, did I call him? Did I shake his hand? It'll wear you out. Can I say stop that in love? Man, if you see somebody that's not here, it's your responsibility and the unity of this body of believers to call them tomorrow and just don't, don't interrogate. Just say, hey, I missed you yesterday. Are you okay? Everybody well? Are you good? Okay. Yeah, I'm great then just let you know I missed you. And you know what? That'll go further than almost anything else you can do for anybody. Man, just to know that you've been missed, sometimes all anybody needs to step over. You know, 90% of people that go to church today go because somebody invited them. That's a statistic that's been all my life been given. It is still as true today as it was way back then. Somebody invited them. And you know, when they came, you're not the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit is, but you've introduced him and you brought them into a place where they can not only experience him, but he can change them. Okay? Change. It's going to happen. Let's grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of it. Man, you can wear anything any way now today. You know, used to you had to have a certain style. Man, it's all out the window. You can wear anything. I'm not even tucked in. And it's okay. Nobody cares. They've got shirts now that are made to not tuck in. Is that, is that crazy to anybody else? In a million years, you don't wear a suit jacket with jeans. You can today. You can today. Shoes or no shoes. I'm sorry. It's 40 degrees. And this guy's standing there in shorts and sandals. You can judge him all you want, but if the dude's hot and he's comfortable in that, I'm freezing, man. I got two pairs of socks and my good boots on, right? And I can't wait to get back in the car and put the heat on my feet. Right? Look, man, just because it's acceptable don't mean it's really good for you, right? We got to grab a hold of change and then allow God to walk us and navigate through the change. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for this moment in time. Lord, we just pray, God, that if you have opened up your word to us, God, that change makes us a new creation. Change is in our nature, God. Uh, change is inevitable, and it's how we grab a hold of it and, and navigate it. And we need your help to navigate it because I don't usually do very good with it. So, Father, this morning, God, as you have spoken to our hearts, God, help us to grab a hold of what we need to grab a hold of. And let go of what we need to let go of. Boldness, God, to change for the better. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask real quick. Maybe you're in a place in your life where, man, change has just slapped you good. And maybe change has been hard for you. You say, Brother Rick, that's me, man. That's... Man, change has just blindsided me and it's just kind of taking my breath away and I'm struggling with it. If that's you, can I see your hand? Okay, okay. Yeah, you can put it back. Okay, you can put it back down. Yeah. The only reason I'm asking you to do that is because it feels good for me to hear that I'm not the only one struggling. If you don't have the, the whatever, to, to, you don't want to raise your hand, that's fine. But just know that you're not alone today. Change affects all of us. Maybe there's somebody here to say, yeah, Brother Rick, it's, um, I'm navigating the change, but I'm, I'm not seeing the turns, and I'm, I don't like this GPS kind of driving. I want to I know where I'm going, but I, I need to trust him in this change that he's taking me through. If that's you, could I see your hand? Okay. Okay, you can put it back down. Okay, yeah. Amen. Man, would you look at me just for a second there? Thank you for being honest. You know, um, getting old has its privileges. I just turned 61, and I mean, that's not old by any means, but man, the discounts you can get now are awesome. I didn't know it was available. And then it hurt my feelings that I was old enough to get it, right? That girl goes, oh, you're pretty old. Like, really? Really? Or they give it to you without asking. That really hurts your feelings, right? I earned this gray. I just want you to know. The reality is, is the change. The change in my body. The change in my mind. The, the, the change in, in things that I used to be able to do. I used to be able to get down and get back up. 
I can still get down. <laughs> getting down is easy. The getting up, man, it's just, it's more methodical because I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw something out, right? I mean, you just got to get up different now. Used to, man, you never thought about it. My two-year-old, man, she just bounces back up. She springs. And I uh, enjoy it while you can because I used to be able to do that. Change is hard in every season of life. But can I tell you that God's in every season that you're in? Every season that you're in. And he wants to do something spectacular in it if you'll allow him. If you'll plug in and just say, I'm with you. I don't get it. I don't even like it. But, you know, God bless you.